Hello and welcome to our podcast. I am Tabby Tajiro. And I'm Kate Tajiro. And this is our podcast 18 to 100 where we speak to loads of really interesting, inspiring people and learn more about their stories. I'm 18, I'm on a gap year and I'm going to be studying acting this September at uni which I'm really excited about. And I'm Kate Tajiro and I'm an executive coach, uh, I'm an author um, and I was going to say, yeah, I've got other things going on as well. But I think for the purpose of this, executive coach and an author, and, and I suppose fascinated by people, their, their journeys. Mm. Um, and today, Tab and I are absolutely thrilled that we've got Charles Rainford with us. Mm-hmm. And Charles is a racing driver. Uh, this year, he's doing the Porsche Carrera Cup GB. He's raced karts since he was eight years old. And in 2017, he was spotted racing at uh, Legends of Brands Hatch, um, the Super Prix, I believe, and asked to join MSV as an instructor. He now holds an ARDS, um, for those of you that maybe aren't motor racing fans, that's the Association of Racing Driver Schools, a license. He's driven, I suppose, historic cars for many, many years. And perhaps, um, you know, where I've, seen him racing and notably a Mini Cooper S 1965 Mini Cooper S at Goodwood and also shared a drive with touring car legend John Cleland in a 1958 Volvo PV544 and they finished the weekend second overall which is amazing Um, and this year competing in the full season of the Porsche Carrera Cup GB um, and uh, racing an ex Esme Hawkey 911 GT3 Cup car. So we're so thrilled that you're here, Charles. Thank you so much for coming and chatting with us. No, I mean, th- um, thank you for having me. It's going to be great fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, when we first met, I think, you know, one of the things that I really noticed about you is your, your passion for historics, actually, um, and performance. But we had a really, I suppose, visceral conversa- conversation about knowing your car, you know, and, and just, you know, the feel, if you like, that you get, um, which really stood out. And, and I was really curious about that. But I, before we talk about that again, I, I wanted to ask, what were your sort of early influences, if you like? You know, where did where did the early influence come for, for racing and cars and, and your passion? Where did that start? I mean, I think from from that kind of point of view, I think it's got to be from my from my dad, really. Um, so as a family business, we build and restore classic race cars, classic road cars. We do daily servicing, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. And uh, my dad started racing in the late 90s, um, roughly when I was born. So um, as, a, well, as a baby, as I, as I grew up, I grew up basically at race circuits on the weekends, you know. <laughs> um, so I have two brothers as well. Um, I have a twin brother and then I have a brother who's um, just slightly younger than me. Um, and they always used to be playing, you know, as, as children do. Um, but I used to be fixated on the racing and watching the cars go around and watching my dad win races from an early age definitely inspired me to, um, to do what I am now. And I think then was a, was definitely a big time for me because it was kind of very early on. I knew what I wanted to do. Um, and I've kind of been focused on that since I've tried other things growing up, but nothing's ever actually given me the same passion as, as motorsport does. Mm, That's brilliant. Perfect. Wait, so when you went to school, did you kind of have it in your head that that's what you wanted to do? Or were you still a bit like, I'd love to do that, but maybe I'd like to do this instead? Or were you 100% down the road of wanting to be working with cars, racing cars and doing stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, actually, I didn't actually go to school. Um, oh, really? No, I was actually home educated um, by my mother. Okay. So 
Um, yeah, I've had a very, very different upbringing um, to mm. most other most other um, yeah. children. Most other, yeah, had very, my childhood was very, very different. I think. Um, mm. So yeah, no. So basically, be my mum taught me pretty much everything, um, and um, I didn't ever. Well, so what happened was the, the full the full kind of story um, is uh, me and my twin brother James. Mm. We were um, we were meant to go to school. Um, and it was just before the first week of term. Um, mm. I think it must've been a week's notice, something like that. And at the time we had a workshop in Tunbridge. Yeah. Uh, my dad also had a shop selling parts for old cars, um, in Blackfen, mm. uh, towards London. Okay. And oh, yeah. yeah, so, um, so yeah, so he, Dad was going up there every day um, and also kind of managing the business in Tunbridge at the same time. Mm. Um, and mum was looking after us. And the school, as I say, a week before um, the first day of term, suddenly turned around and said, we only have a space for one of them. <laughs> basically. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And then said, um, well, there's a, there's another school which could which could take one of them. Um mm. Well, it must have been must have been about a half an hour's drive something like that so not close and yeah. then mum was like well I can't get them there That's at the same work. time yeah, yeah exactly it's just not going to work um so um she said well, okay well I'll start homeschooling and basically we never got checked on we basically fell oh, wow. fell through the system almost mm. um so yeah, so I've not, I've technically not got any A levels, GCSEs, that oh, kind of wow. stuff. Um, yeah. But um, to prove that I could learn something or have a qualification, I started doing um, classical guitar when I was, gosh, I must have been about six, I think, when I started classical wow. guitar, and went through, did all the exams and that kind of stuff. So I've got those mm. to kind of say I can learn something. And I've got yeah, uh, yeah, some yeah. kind of qualification, um, but no, motorsport was always was always the goal. And thankfully, mm. it's you don't need to have GCSEs, uni degrees for, for for the kind of motorsport side that I'm trying to achieve. Yeah, um, especially with the driver coaching as well. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's wow. really interesting. It's re it's really interesting actually because I, I had a conversation with a client the other day in the aerospace um, uh, industry actually, mm. and he was saying that actually that you know education um and even that um you know and and the classical education that we get if you like or conventional traditional whatever you choose to call it some of it isn't geared well enough to vocations mm. whether that's music or art yeah or, motorsport yes. or driving yeah. or you know all of that and, and just that real you know experience of life because exactly. actually sometimes it's life that enables us to do a life experience that enables us to do certain things rather than you know the certificate we have i mean I, i've got a driving license that says i can ride a motorbike but honestly i'm not brilliant on a motorbike you can get on a motorbike it's those other experiences that's that's really fascinating yeah so that's yeah really so i mean what so i mean i think from what i've heard from other people um schooling is is very good in teaching you a lot of very important things but it doesn't give you yeah. necessary life experience which you mm. which you mm. do actually need when you come out of school you know cool yeah and you're, you're released yeah, so into I the guess. big wide world and you're kind of like oh what do i do now yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. exactly yeah. so do you think you'd say that maybe being homeschooled 
let you have more opportunity say because you not obviously you'd be doing the same kind of work as everyone else that was at school but you didn't have to be at school at a certain time that kind of thing so do you think it maybe gave you more opportunity to go down the route you wanted to yes I think I think that that's very true um I definitely think that I had you as you say the opportunity to find out exactly what I wanted to do um Mm. and kind of what what really fills my passion really um yeah. I'm very fortunate in the case of I was very close to motorsport anyway and I did try other things yeah. as well just to kind of see because motorsport is horrifically expensive to try and get in yeah. yeah um and you've got to be you want to, you've got to get so lucky to be found at the right time because there is so many drivers that that don't make it that really should do um, yeah, so many amazing ones. Yeah, so I mean, all the, I mean, don't get me wrong. For instance, all of the all the, all of the drivers in F one are fantastic racing drivers, but I also mm. know some people who are so ridiculously good, and they just haven't mm. had the 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 opportunity or been found at the right time. You know. Mm, yeah. So I definitely think I'm I'm lucky in that way. Um, and also, what was interesting is when I was growing up, kind of, this is getting towards kind of. I suppose from ages 12 to 15, 16, mm. I never actually used to get on with people my age. Um, I'd only get on yeah. with people who are much older. Oh, wow. um, okay. Yeah, I think, I think in a way it. But then that was your environment, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. That's the that's, 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 yeah. you know, with, with, your, with your parents and, and, yeah. and perhaps not having the boundaries. You know, schools yes. got so many boundaries. Completely. Mm. Whereas actually you were interacting in life with grown-ups and, yeah. and actually grown-ups but, but there are grown-ups that I suppose speak to kids as kids but others just talk to them as, as people as people yes, and, yeah, exactly. and, and that that makes you grow as as, as a as an individual yeah. mm. when people talk to you as a person rather than a, a nine yes totally yeah. perceived nine <laughs> yeah I mean yeah I mean it has it has a That's fascinating. sorry what was that I'm just saying that, that you know that, that's fascinating. Yes, yeah. I mean, I mean, for instance, I mean, I'm, I'm disadvantaged in in one way and advantage in another. I mean, for instance, my handwriting yeah. isn't great, but I like <laughs> to think that I mean, I have a lot of experience of how Dad runs the business, that kind of stuff, mm. making business decisions, um, talking to people. Yeah. So um, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's probably a lot more hands-on kind of learning than yeah. learning from architecture. Yes, kind of yes, thing. totally. Um, mm. So yeah, I mean, I might get to the end of my life and go. Actually, it would have been it would have been beneficial to just go to school. I might look back and go. Actually, not going to school was one of the best things that ever happened to me. You know. Yeah, yeah so, blessing in disguise. Yeah. Well, I think you know what's also interesting is you know, speaking to you and and listening to you now. You know, there's that element of your life that it, what's interesting when you talked about music just now and and playing the guitar, which is a very a very creative thing isn't it you know it's a real art about how you feel yes. about something and, and the passion you put in music and and of course in your racing that there's a there's a huge amount of passion that goes in that but also there's a good amount of technique and process and technique and the same with running a business you know that yes there's flair and creativity that goes in it but equally there are processes and procedures and things that have to happen in order to for a business to move forward mm. so actually that blend that you've got there is is fantastic yeah totally i mean and actually Ooh. going off what you say saying about um about technique and learning and spending time and creativity i actually did um oh until last year when obviously covid started i was doing a lot of ballroom dancing um and competitively really? yeah i mean i was i was i was competing in uh, european championships 
Um, wow. So, so that was that was like before before racing got really serious. Um, that was like mm. my main thing almost. Um, was oh, wow. was ballroom and Latin American dancing. That's so. fantastic. And is is that something you're? Yes. Is that, is that yeah, we we we, we were always competing um, basically against each other, which was always which was always mm. good fun. <laughs> Mm. Oh, fantastic. Wow. but uh but yeah Wait, so do you think that helps with maybe your competitive edge if you've been kind of growing up doing like dancing and dance competitions and obviously in a dance competition and things like that you are competing to be the best do you think that has helped with your competitive edge that now is in race i think so yeah i mean i always try and be from from my side towards towards dancing towards racing I always trying to be the the best sportsman I can really so it's always the case of if someone beats me it's like yep no fair enough well done I'll go and congratulate them but then Mm. when we go home I'll be working doubly harder to make sure that next time I don't lose basically (laughs) (laughs) I'm always I'm always the the uh, the kind of quiet one um and I don't know I think beware the quiet yes Mm -hmm. yes um but um I think yeah, when it comes to, I mean, you have to, in, a, in all, all these kind of competitive sports, you have to learn to perform under pressure. Um, yeah. And yeah, as well as, as well as everyone, I get massively nervous before a race or if something ma- it matters to me. Um, mm. But then when you're actually doing it, I think the, the amount of time that I've spent under pressure from a young age, dancing, mm. um, racing, because mm. I've, been, I've been racing since I was 16. I did my first circuit race. Um, yeah. And then just did a very, very, very I mean, smallish amount of, um, amount of karting because then my mum said it was too dangerous to go and race go karts. <laughs> um, so yeah. then, um, so yeah, and um, yeah, no. So with, with with the pressure, it's um, when you've got a car right up behind you in your mirrors and you're battling for a podium position, um, you have to make very clear and decisive actions. Otherwise, it could all go wrong yes. very quickly. I mean, same with the dancing. Yeah. You can't get on the dance floor yeah. and then go blank and forget your routine. Which, Or, or yeah. actually, as it has before, sometimes when you're on the dance floor, you've been in the middle of the dance and you'll just completely go blank. And it's, mm. um, it's not panicking. Yeah. <laughs> That's the yeah. thing. Yeah. Just try and make calculated yeah, decisions. Yeah. Oh. Yes. That's really interesting. And mm. what, one of the questions I, I was going to ask you, which I think leads into everything you were talking about, particularly when you were saying you know, when a race, when you haven't got the podium or you haven't got the position you wanted, mm. yes, you congratulate the other driver and then you come back and go, right, okay, what it's happened today? Exactly. Yeah, what yeah. was that? And, and I think what I was, again, I think something that, again, really compelled me when I first, or, or intrigued me when, I, when, when we first met, was that, you know, sometimes drivers and drivers like you make it look effortless. You know, you get in the car, go and do a lap record, it's all yeah. really cool, but actually the work all the work the intense amount of effort happens way before you get Completely. anywhere near the yeah. car whether that's you your team and i want you know talk a bit more about that because you you know you've talked about you know your fitness and and as you say the analysis of what's mm. going on yeah mm. i mean i mean that's the as you say this is exactly it i mean motorsport is a massive team sport um the team is what it's all about and as yeah. as a driver as a driver it's I've almost got a fairly small role, I think. Um, I get in there, I'm almost, mm. almost like the jockey. It's the team that do mm. all the work and the race is won a lot of time in preparation. Um, for yeah, instance, yeah. you can be the fastest, but if you have something go wrong um, with the car that we haven't checked properly, then 
yeah, you're going to lose the race. So at the end of the day, it is, it is, it's a massive team sport. And I think um, not naming any drivers in particular, um, I think quite a lot of times some drivers can think it's all about them, but actually really we're all working as a team. We're working together to achieve the same yeah. goal. And when I'm out there racing, as much as I would like to win personally, I want to win for my team basically um, yeah. to yeah. kind of give back to all the work that they've put in back in the workshop and, and at the race meeting um, to, 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 go, to give me that opportunity, you know, which I'm incredibly thankful yeah. for. Yeah, I feel like that's probably a good way to look at it as well, that you're doing it for them as much as you are for yes. you because you're going into it as a team and coming out of it. And you're obviously the person that's the face yes. of it all. But the amount of people that are working behind you, like rooting for you, I feel like that's really mm. a good thing to take yeah. with totally. you. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. Mm. Yeah, and I think it's a really interesting, you know, for people that are listening, you know, doing all sorts of things. I think even if we look, you know, what's happened in the last year in the pandemic, I think the businesses that have really brought the people and the teams yeah. together, looking after everybody, whatever's going on, you know, the, the practicalities around delivering something, whether that's winning a race, getting a product out, but also looking after everybody as humans, mm. you know, that they, they've, they're the ones that have succeeded and are doing totally. really well because it's yeah. about everyone, you know, just not just one individual mm, yeah totally i mean from that side mm. of the team obviously um from from my side obviously we're, we're, we're a family-run team we're quite an underfunded team in comparison um and yeah. i try and do as much work with the with the lads in the workshop as, as, as i can really um and help in any which way i can and then jump in the car and try and do it all for them really <laughs> yeah yeah but then I, I wonder if you get through doing that you you know having that greater understanding when you've been there in the workshop as well you know seeing what's going on and talking about what's going on you know what you're feeling mm. and, and make more that... in tuned as well Completely. to everything yeah. like if something obviously because obviously i'm not racing driver <laughs> but <laughs> people that obviously say if they just walked up to a car and got in and did the race and then walked away from the car would be less in tune to that particular vehicle if you see what i mean so like you must know obviously know your car inside out but I think because you obviously say you spend so much time in the workshop, that must give you like an extra kind of edge that some other people might not Totally. Have. I mean, especially, yeah. So um, how some other drivers do it is exactly as you say. They, it's almost like they, they turn up, they put their, their racing suit on, they mm. drive the car, they have a quick debrief and then they're gone again. Um, and yeah. yeah, I mean, I, whenever we're prepping the car up or working on the car, um, I always try and make sure that I'm there so I can explain, right, in this corner, in this braking zone, it was doing this and it was doing that. Now, if yeah. we look at this in the suspension, we might be able to to stop it from doing that. And I'd quite like the car to do X, Y, Z. Um, yeah, yeah, so as you say, yeah, I mean, I think that that kind of stuff is all very important. Um, the more understanding you mm. can have of the physical car you're driving, um, that can never be a bad thing, you know? No. Well, you're naturally going to be more in tune with yes. it, aren't you? You know, it's, it's, I think, you know, John Surtees talked a lot mm. about that, didn't he? You know, when you're at one with your bike, yeah. your car, whatever it is, mm. that's when you're going Actually, to be on the podium. Yeah. When, yeah. You know, you, you become one. Yeah. Right yeah. yeah. No, I mean, you're, you're exactly right there. I mean, almost, yeah. I like to think of racing almost as a running race. And that's how I explain it to some of the um, the people that I coach is, 
you've got to you've got to pace yourself you've got to pace the car you've got to pace the tires and you've got to you've got to talk to the car mm-hmm. as much as the car is talking back to you and it becomes yeah. Yeah. It, yeah it it becomes too easy to just ignore what the car is telling you and say I want to go faster I want to go faster but actually you've got to you've got to pace yourself you've almost got to think of the car as an extension of you and you're doing a long distance running yeah. race you know yeah and you yeah. And, and I wonder if um you know you you must have honed that skill certainly racing historics because as we all know you know historics haven't got the amazing modern yes. technology and if something started making a funny noise it might fall off and, and, and you know what that's or it might break or, or whatever mm. so, so actually that as you say the listening or the feeling must be so um in tune or, or instinctive because you've raced those cars that are are more more, more precious I get more precious more yes. more fragile in, yeah. in some ways you know yes capable of doing 180 miles an hour but actually perhaps more fragile than some of the oh, 100 percent um what's yeah what's very interesting about driving the old cars and going from the old cars into the new cars um new cars modern cars um yeah what's 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 most interesting is with the older cars you have all these tiny little dials in the side of your dash which have all the different information um with a modern car it's all on a screen in front of me so if anything if it for instance on the the porsche if it has any kind of issue like it's start the water temperature is slightly high or the oil pressure is slightly lower than normal it'll come up in big red letters and a big alarm on my screen with it with it with an old car it won't do that it'll just it'll just blow up yeah so (laughs) what price (laughs) yeah yeah so especially with the old cars you really really do have to pace them um is you you literally you you cannot push an old car for more than 20 minutes straight before you are going to have some kind of problem whether it's with brakes yeah yeah, whether it's brakes or engine or i mean tires are are a big thing as well we're very racing on old style tires so again 1950s and 60s technology um and you have to permanently be looking at all your dials and stuff um in the dash to make sure they're all pointing in the right way and as the uh, as the race goes on you start losing oil um oil pressure within the engine um as it gets hotter and and stuff like that so you're really having to pace it and be fast at the right time um but i say with with Mm. with the modern cars it's less like that i mean i still frequently check um because as i say we're, we're quite underfunded and we can't afford for stuff like that to go wrong um yeah but yeah i mean i I frequently check and nothing really changes (laughs) and i know that Mm. if anything does actually start to go wrong it's gonna the car is gonna tell me before it actually starts to become a problem um and obviously as well you have the 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 gear changing on the on the um steering wheel you have yeah all kinds of stuff that you actually have even though with with the porsche i'm going so much faster around corners in braking zones mm. than I would be um, in, a, in, a, in an old car. I have so much more time because I've got actually a lot less to, to try and manage, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so. mm. yeah that's really interesting. That, that's all, it's, it's interesting listening to you. It's, it's sort of, you know, that yes. nurture and care that, that you're talking about, you know, yeah. the old car that you've, you've taken forward. One mm. of the questions I was going to ask you, actually, is there a skill particularly that you've taken from um racing historics into into you know modern racing with with the Porsche um definitely I'd say um I'm not afraid of oversteer that's 
are quite a big aspect. Um, a lot of drivers will prefer yeah. understeer when the front of the car loses grip and yeah. and stuff. And that's mm. actually uh, this is an interesting thing. A lot of road cars um, are all designed to understeer first because it's an easier. Um, so, for instance, say you're going down a road and you turn, and, and not a lot really happens. Um, that's a much um, easier input and a lot safer input to correct than if you lose grip at the rear and yeah. you're sent into an out of control spin. Um, yeah, yes, yeah. And the thing is, with 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 old with old cars, <laughs> the old historic racing cars, um, they're permanently oversteering and sliding. Um, so when you yeah. start off as um, as a driver in motorsport um, from a younger age. Um, you have to learn quite quickly um, that actually a lot of a lot of modern race cars will start to understeer first, um, but um, mm. it means that we can set my car because I'm not afraid up afraid of um, oversteer. I, I very much dislike mm. understeer. I mean, it just was like a horrible thing to me because it doesn't do what I want it to. Um, so we actually set my car yeah. slightly up really to try and oversteer a little bit more. Um, yeah, because I'm, oh, I'm not yeah. afraid of afraid of a big yeah. slide. Yeah, so one, I think no. that's... And this is so, with older cars, you know, and, and I know when I was researching the book, I've recently written, you know, talking to racing drivers, saying, you know, the number of times that they know the back end constantly yes, wants yeah. to meet the front. And that's, yeah. you know, it's not what you totally. want, but it's what happens. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, technically, you're going to have yeah. you're going to have a faster car if it's oversteering instead of understeering because you can point the car where you want it to go. Yeah. Um, as much mm. as yeah, sometimes it can be a bit scary, especially in the Porsche when you've got to slide on mm. at 110, 120 miles an hour. But you know, it's, yeah. it's controllable. It's a lovely <laughs> chassis. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So finally. Where do you think, what's your like ultimate goal? So if you're sat now thinking, what is the thing that I'd love to achieve? In two seconds? Yeah. Mm. I just want to ask you, tell us what Media day. Oh, that day. was one of the best days of my current racing career. Um, it, was a, it was a day full of basically all of the emotions. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a fantastic day. So um, we went and we've had, so the day was structured with three te on-track test sessions, which were all timed against all the other cars that are running in the championship. Um, yeah. So already I was like, right, we can now see roughly where we currently are. So what happened was, is we, for the first session, we put on an old set of tyres, which I'd used at the previous test day. So this was my second time driving the car and first time driving the car around Brands Hatch. Um, yeah. A lot of new lot stuff of new going stuff, on. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. A lot of new stuff. Yeah. And um, went out for the first session and it was almost like a session just to dial myself back into the car, just kind of see roughly where we are. Um, and I'm pretty sure we ended up mm. third in the first session. So that was pretty good. I was pretty happy with that. Um, and yeah. a lot of other people were on new tyres as well. So I was very, very happy. I was like, this is great. Yeah. This is awesome. And because yeah. we are an underfunded team, we can't afford to keep buying new tyres um, because they are quite expensive. Right. And presumably, me media day is not quite the same totally. as being a race day. So you would think, well, if I can use Yeah, exactly. Um, that's, it was them. almost, almost like, a, it's, it's like a test session, but we're all trying very hard to try and be as high up the timing sheets as we can. Um, because at the end of the day, it's yeah, still 
course. I suppose it's it still kind of matters in a way um, because we all want to try and have that mental advantage as we get into round one, basically. Yeah, um, of course. So, yeah, went yeah. out in the old ties. I think we were about P3, so third position um, in class. Um, so we're, there's, the championship is split up into three different classes. You have the, the pros um, who are very fast. And then you have um, the pro-ams, which is like a middle between um, the two classes. And then you have the amateurs. Um, and yeah. at, the, at the moment, we're allowed yeah. to run in the pro-amateur class because I've not raced modern cars before. I've not raced on slip tyres before. It's the first championship that I've ever actually officially done because there's not really a lot of championships that are, that are worth doing in the historics. Um, it starts to get very, very expensive yeah. when you get into actual doing championships and stuff um, with, with mm. historic cars. So generally, it's just one-off races. Um, so first time doing a championship, yeah. we're a very small team. It's our first year. It's my first year in the car. So um, we're allowed to run in Pro-Am. Um, so that's kind of how, the, the, how, the, how, how it's that's all structured. Right. So we were third in class, yeah. roughly. I'm pretty sure we were third in class. And... Um, then we got to session two and because we're not we've not got a massive budget <laughs> we're very very under 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 budgeted um we bought some uh new tires that were old from another team um and yeah. we put those on so i can have it because i've never driven on a brand new set of slick tires before because whenever i'm driving cars at work um that do have slick tires they're all very secondhand that kind of thing um because there's, there's yeah. a lot of the time there's yeah. there, there's no need to buy brand new tires um because slick tires mm. have a have a point where they're extremely good they've got so much grip and then it starts to just trail off slowly almost you have like a really high peak of where yeah. the tire has just got so much grip um and then after that it kind of starts becoming less and less but there's still technically a lot of life left in the tire um so yes, yeah, so we, we 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 bought those, we put those on the car, and I went out thinking, right, we've got brand new tires. This is going to be awesome. And um, we were we were one point two seconds off the um, off the the the, the, the top pro uh, driver, and I was like, oh, yeah, okay, mm. um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we were, I think we were I can't remember where we were in class. We weren't. I don't think it was a top three in class either. And I was I was I was frustrated myself because. I knew that there was something that I, I felt, well, I felt like I, I was personally doing something wrong and I didn't know what it was. Yeah. Um, so being very competitive and not knowing how to improve, I was getting quite frustrated with myself, which wasn't the right way to approach it. Um, now before session three, I sat down and we have um, the car has what's called onboard data um, and it shows everything yeah. that I'm doing um in the car at any time where i break where i turn where i get back on the throttle that kind of stuff um and talking to a few people i knew that i felt i found out that i had to approach it slightly differently um so mm. we came to session three and um we put oh, we we bought a brand new set of tires from michelin because they michelin were there and michelin are the, are the the tire supplier for the uh, for the championship um, so we, we bought a brand new set of tyres from them. Um, the previous tyres that were technically new were about a year old. Um, and we didn't think it made much of a difference. But 
I got out of the circuit on these brand new set of tyres and I cannot tell you the difference. <laughs> it was utterly incredible. Um, <laughs> having like, brand new tyres that have very freshly been made as opposed to tyres that were new but were a year old. Um, and yeah, and that's when we, we came out and we went fastest in our class. Um, and I made quite a big mistake on my best lap. So it would have been, um, yeah, it would have been a very good result if I hadn't made a small mistake. But um, first in class is still is still amazing for us. Um, being my second time in the car, yeah, first time on a brand brilliant. new set of tyres. I mean, as, as you say, there's a, there's a, there is a lot to learn. But um, I think collectively as a team, we're yeah. doing really well to learn as, as quickly as possible. Yeah, absolutely. And and that and that's brilliant, is it? You know, and your point earlier when you're talking about teamwork and stuff, yes. but knowing yourself as well, you know, and the fact you look back and knew that you were acting in a way that wasn't necessarily yeah. going totally. to help you. You have to manage that, don't you, as well as yes. thinking about the tires, the car, the port, yeah. you know, and everything that's going on. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. That's so cool. That's 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 yeah. so yeah, it's fascinating, but, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. So so what was your question, Tabby? No, I was just going to ask, what do you think your ultimate goal is? Oh, wow, that is such a hard question. Um, right, so my ultimate yeah, goal, obviously being paid as a racing driver would be fantastic. Um, it'd be amazing. Yeah. Um, currently, yeah. my main job is, is a driver coach, which is also, I'm incredibly lucky to mm. be a driver coach and be working within motorsport and racing venues. But the ultimate goal is to be a driver. Um I personally, I don't know what, I've never had this conversation with other people, but the the kind of people knowing me aspect and the fame aspect doesn't appeal to me. It's more the fact of doing something that mm. I love um, and would very happily yeah. pay to do. Um, mm. And, and ma making, that, uh, making that as my main source of income um, would be the absolute dream. Racing series-wise, uh, one of my main goals is to race at Le Mans. Um, that's that's, <laughs> that's, that's yeah. the dream yeah. for me. For, Formula One and single seaters don't really appeal to me as much, um, apart from Formula E, actually. Yeah. But I'll get onto that. Um, but yeah, so when it comes to the the, the GT racing side, um, that's always been a goal. I would love to do Le Mans. I'd love to race in the um, IMSA Sports Car Championship or the European Le Mans Series, anything like that. It would just be an absolute dream. Um, and obviously, I, I would love if, if given the opportunity to race for Porsche. Um, you know, I, I really, I really love mm. what what they what they do within motorsport. Um, but um, if not the GT side, I'm saying about a lot of people were, uh, loved the single seasons and stuff towards my, uh, I'd also love to race in formula E, um, because I love what they're doing with mm. the sustainability of motorsport, um, with what's going on currently with the planet yeah. and the climate and, and stuff like that. Um, motorsport yes. really is not a sustainable thing. Um, it's horrifically bad for the environment. No. We're using so much fuel tires and brakes. They're all, they're all things that are so disposable. I mean, as I was saying, a set of slick tires, mm. um, they're at their best for three laps. And then you may as well, if, if you're not going to race on them, yeah. you're, 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 you're not going to get the best out of them. So some people just throw them away. And that's just, that's incredible. Yeah. Um, but what I love about Formula E is mm. they, 
they are trying to make everything as sustainable as possible obviously with the with the electricity power cars um tires yeah the hydrogen energy Mm. and you know and just pushing technology to you know to to what what you know that whole what can be done um you know around something that you know to your point is is so crucial to how we look after our planet and but also sustain the things that we love exactly so we can still do the things that we we love but do it in a way that is is uh totally yeah i mean obviously they started off a couple of years ago and they were having to change cars and now only a couple of years later the cars are lasting the whole race which is fantastic and then yeah. yeah, and then for instance, when yeah, it comes exactly. to exactly, exactly, yeah. yeah, exactly, Stop yeah. For a coffee. <laughs> let your car recharge. Um, <laughs> but as I say, the cars are now lasting, lasting yeah. the whole race. The cars are actually fairly fast as well, which is good. The racing is incredible. The places they go to, within because they are obviously they don't produce any emissions because they're electric. They're racing around cities. I just I love that. That's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, um, and I yeah, think actually cool. looking. I've mean, been really quite into it recently um, and look at it, actually I think the cars slide about a lot and that really appeals to me with the whole as saying the hate understeer love oversteer I generally think yeah. I might I, I mean I don't love want to sound yeah, cocky exactly. but I generally think I might actually be okay in a, for, in a Formula E car because it's they almost handle like a historic yeah. race car you know because <laughs> um, they, they aren't on slick tyres they're actually on yeah. a more of a road car style tyre and they move about a lot and it just it looks like great fun um, but at the end of the day, I would be grateful for anything yeah. I could I could race in, really. Oh, that's brilliant! Yeah. That's so brilliant. Um, and what what a, what a note to end on! I think you know that that whole you know we'll watch this space, yeah. but also you know doing something you love. I think I think you know whatever it is, when we do what we love, the sacrifices, the things that we have to do, you know, whether it's in business or you know passion like Especially, motorsport, yeah. the other things follow, don't they? Yeah. Um, and and it's and it makes such a Especially. huge difference yeah. i suppose mm. you know to us to no th- thank you very much it's oh, been it's been great so speaking to you both fascinating to be... yeah it's been really interesting no really problem mm. thank you so much and we shall um and obviously everybody who's listening they need to need to be um watching charles on the porsche, porsche hopefully when we don't yeah we'll, we'll see how it goes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes of course of course <laughs> i'd love to tell us. that's brilliant yeah lovely thank you very much thank you so much yeah um yeah so if you enjoyed our podcast if you go onto itunes and leave us a comment or a rating which would be very much appreciated um we do podcasts kind of like weekly or fortnightly fortnightly um and we've got some really lot more not like lots more interesting people coming on in the weeks to come as well so yeah keep listening so thank you very much for listening and another podcast will be coming shortly yes that's great that's brilliant (laughs) thank you thank you very much